0: you were blessed last week by Pastor James' message on Jonah. Absolutely amazing. I want to continue in that vein on the will of God. And if you have your Bible, I want you to turn with me to the book of Acts, chapter 28. We're going to give your Bible a little bit of a workout this morning. We need the word of God in our lives, don't we, friends? I so honor the last generation. It, they were so reverential of the word of God. Everywhere, every time they went to church, man, they had one of these bad boys in their hand. And the challenge now is, is if I come down, if I started walking around, you might flip your phone screen a little bit and have the word of God put up. But if I ain't by you, might be up on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, any other one of the random ones I don't even know about anymore. But there's something about having this physical book I like the way this thing smells. I like how it feels. I like how it sounds. This thing, this is just amazing to me. This thing is my best friend. This is my weapon. This is my tool. With this thing, I conquer devils. With this thing, I advance the kingdom of God. With this thing, I see people healed, saved, and delivered. This thing is my bread, my meat, my source, my drink, my life. I love the word of God. This thing is absolutely incredible. This ain't the message. I'm just getting you a little appetizer there. That was just some mozzarella sticks and marinara. That's all right. I want to talk to you this morning about three benefits of being in the will of God. You know, as Christians, we hear so much about well, if you miss it, then this could happen and this generational curse and this problem and this situation and this trial and this temptation and this struggle. But where, baby, where are the bennies? I want some benefits. Why should I become a Christian? What is it? But yeah, I want to go to heaven, but is fire insurance the whole thing I'm shooting for? Please. If all you want is fire insurance, you really don't have it anyway, friend. If you want to go in the kingdom of God, then you give everything you have to heaven, and there's benefits that come with being a believer. I want to hit three benefits with you this morning of what it means to be in the will of God. It's important that we know there's a reason that we win. There's a reason that we have victory on this side of heaven. Are you with me? How many of you want to know your benefits? I'm going to be your benefits specialist provider this morning. I want to tell you the first thing you need to know. This product is a guaranteed issue. That means we can cover you regardless of health, regardless of occupation, regardless of your history, your background, or bloodline. You are guaranteed coverage. Can you say amen? Acts 28. If you got it, say, I got it. All right. Acts 28, we're going to look at verse 1. It says, now when they had escaped, they found out that the island was called Malta. This is Paul. Got shipwrecked. Found themselves on the island of Malta. Paul had never been there before. And so here we go, verse 2. And the natives showed us unusual kindness. For they kindled a fire and made us all welcome because of the rain that was falling and because of the cold. But when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, a viper came out because of the heat and fastened onto his hand. Verse 4, so when the natives saw the creature hanging from his hand, they said to one another, No doubt this man is a murderer, whom though he had escaped the sea, yet justice does not allow to live. But he shook off the creature into the fire and suffered no harm. However, they were expecting that he would swell up or suddenly fall down dead. But after they had looked for a long time and saw no harm come to him, they changed their minds and said that he was a god. Of course they did. Verse 7, in that region there was an estate leading citizen of the island whose name was Publius who received us and entertained us courteously for three days. And it happened that the father of Publius lay sick of a fever and dysentery Paul went into him and prayed, laid his hands on him, and healed him. Verse 9: So when this was done, the rest of those on the island who had diseases also came and were healed. Powerful. There's benefits to being in the will of God. I want to tell you the first thing that you need to know about being in the will of God. See, God didn't rescue Paul from a shipwreck only to let them get bit by some measly little snake and die. When you're in the will of God, you are protected. When you're in the will of God, nothing can touch you. When you're in the will of God, and this is the first benefit I want to talk to you about, when you're in the will of God, you have security. When you're in the will of God, you can walk with your shoulders back and your head up straight right in the middle of a war zone because no bullet, no missile, no grenade, no... Mine under the ground can touch you. When you are in the will of God, you have angels surrounding you and protecting you. You are secure. That's your first benefit. You are not exposed to the enemy. You are not right in the middle of a war where you're standing alone. God is not watching you like some glorified soap opera, hoping that you can find a way out of this mess. You are not MacGyver. You're a child of God. You're a saint. Are you with me? I know some of you might want to be MacGyver with your goofy little paperclip and rubber band that saves an entire nation, but that's not what we're talking about this morning. This morning we're talking about a benefit as a child of God of being in his will. There's something that happens. See, when I was nine years old, something happened in my life. Even though I wasn't a believer yet, there was a grace over me to cover me and to protect me. When I was nine years old, the car accident, many of you know the story. My sister lost her life, but I came out of it with a cracked skull and almost lost my vocal cords. But something happened in that moment. God's will superseded Satan's plan. And in our lives, we have got to begin to live from a place where we believe greater in the power of God than we do in the power of the devil. All as he is is a fallen angel. All as he is is a servant who disobeyed God and got cast out, and now he's trying to convince you to, of being somebody that you're not. I'm telling you who you are. You are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. You have angels on your behalf, swords drawn, ready to fight when a devil comes against you. You have the cloud of his presence wrapped around you. You are secure from this moment forward. It is a benefit that belongs to you. But as long as we walk around un- unsure of what we have available. Do you know how many people are beneficiaries of a life insurance policy that will never cash the check because they don't know their name's written on the contract? I want to tell you this morning, your name is written on the contract of God's word to keep you protected and secure. Can you say amen? Thank you, Jesus. Hosea 4.6 says, My people perish for lack of knowledge. If I was the devil, I'd tell you exactly what I would do. I wouldn't come up to you and tell you outright that you don't have it. I would tell you you don't have it yet. I would tell you, well, yeah, you're saved, but, you know, you're still dealing with this. Well, you know, you're kind of in God's will. You're kind of not. I would get you to question I would get you to wonder. So then the next time something happens, if a car accident hits, something physically tries to go on with your body, what's going to come up in your head? You're going to start to wonder. You're going to start to question. Was I safe? Let me tell you something, man. The car accident that happened to me was the worst decision the devil could have ever made because he didn't kill me. I'm still alive. So I get to spend the rest of my life taking it back to him and advancing God's kingdom and taking ground out of his hands and pulling people out of hell because I'm secure. He can't touch me. He can't touch you. I'm telling you right now, he can't touch you. You are secure. You are safe. God's power in you is greater than the devil's around you. He cannot touch you. I don't care if it's physically, in your soul, in your spirit. He can't put his hands on you. You belong to Jesus Christ. You were bought and paid for, friend. You were bought and paid for. That's who you are. When I look at my daughter, I can promise you one thing. Nobody will ever lay hands on that child because daddy's around. And even when daddy's not around, I make sure there's eyes on her any given moment. When I leave and I go for work and my wife's taking care of the babies, you better believe I've got people taking care of business for me because she knows she's secure. She's secure. Men, let me give you a quick little tip. You want to know the number one thing women need? (laughs) You got the women saying it for me. Security. That's what they need. If you're single and looking to mingle at some point down the road, learn how to make your girl feel secure and you'll do just fine. Amen? Amen. Amen. Turn with me over to 1 John 5 verse 3. Some of you are getting it quick. First John 5, verse 3. Say I'm secure. I'm seated in heavenly places. I'm far above all principality. All power. All might all dominion in every name that is named. Not only in this world, but also in the one to come. In my head has given me all authority. I'm secure. Yes, you are. I'm glad you believe it. We're on the same page. That's a good thing. We're doing good so far. 1 John 5. Let's just start looking at verse 1. Whoever believes that Jesus Christ is born of God, who loves him, Who begot also loves him who is begotten of him. By this we know that we love the children of God. When we love God and keep his commandments, verse 3, for this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not burdensome. The second benefit of being in the will of God is the burden is light. Man, I know so many people that are weighed down from life that are exhausted, that don't know what's going on up, down, left, or right, confused, totally blind to what God wants to do in their life because they're carrying a burden that Jesus died on the cross to take and it doesn't belong to you. I want to tell you, friends, the weight that you're carrying is not yours. Unless it's light and it's easy and you're full of joy, you need to let that thing go. It doesn't belong to you. It's not yours. There could have been a day where I could have blamed myself for things that happened in my life and situations that went down that I had no control over, friend. I want to tell you, sometimes life just happens, And you just got to get back up on your feet and go, you know what, it's okay. I'm shaking that thing off and I'm going to move on. Just like Paul had a snake fastened to his hand, he had to shake it off. Baby, you got to shake it off and not let that thing bother you. If Paul would have let that snake stay on his hand, then the miracles that were wrought through his hands and people getting healed of sickness and disease would have never happened. Until you shake off that thing that's fastened itself to you, God can't move in miracles through your life. You've got to shake that snake off. You've got to get rid of that burden. You've got to remove that yoke of oppression. Jesus didn't say in Matthew 28, verse 30, I'll just quote it to you, Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And take upon me and learn from me, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He didn't say to me, Come to me, all you who are having fun. He said, Come to me, all you who are weary and who are heavy laden. Can I tell you, if you are not a believer, you are weary and you are heavy laden. And life is hard. And life is difficult. But when you are a saint, when you are a child of God, baby, you got benefits. And you walk with an easy yoke. You walk with a light burden. And the only thing heaven lays on you is an anointing to destroy sickness and disease and to get people set free and to grow his kingdom. You don't have a burden on you that finances come down and the pressure starts to choke you out and you get anxiety attacks and you start to get panic attacks and you can't breathe in your chest. I'm talking to somebody right now. That is not your burden. That did not come from your heavenly father. That came from hell. And the burden that You're meant to carry is one of abundance and blessing and overflow. Man, you got to break that burden off of yourself and stand up and say, This is not mine. I'm not carrying that. You ain't having me wear that coat, devil. I shed that when I gave my life to Jesus. I'm putting on a coat of many colors. I've got favor, and my life from this moment forward is bathed in cream and butter, just like Job. Devil, you're done, and I ain't playing your game no more. I got an easy burden, I got a light yoke. This is what I walk in. That's who we are. That's who we are. That's who you are. That's who you are. Thank you, Jesus. There's got to be a marked difference. Jesus said there will come a day where we'll be able to see the difference between the holy and the unholy, the profane and the unprofane, the righteous and the unrighteous. Well, man, if you walk around looking like, You just sucked on a lemon and drank beet juice. I don't know if I would want to be a Christian. I used to work at Lowe's years ago, and word got out that I was a minister and this and that. And I remember one time somebody came up to me and said, why are you so happy? I'm sorry, am I supposed to look depressed and suicidal? because? Because I'm a believer? What what do you want from me? Well, most Christians aren't very happy. And I went, yeah, you know what? You're actually right. We were hanging out the other day with uh, <laughs> pastors Bob and Sarah, and we were talking about a thing called resting face. How many of you know you got a resting face? You ain't smiling. You're not frowning. You, you know, you got a resting face. How many of you know what I'm talking about, resting face? Well, let's just say someone I won't name any names but someone in that room when we were talking had a resting face that looked like they were about to slaughter some folks their resting face was like just angry and just just grimace mean man see my deal is this I know I'm a big guy and I kind of have a certain look to me I need to make sure I smile so I don't scare nice cute grandmas walking down the street and make them think I'm gonna take their purse you've got to put a smile on your face and let somebody know you're a Christian you got to Let them pearly whites come out. And if they're not white, go get a whitening strip. Do some baking Put something on your teeth and make people want to see them. You have a reason to smile and you have a reason to be joy filled. The Bible says in his presence is fullness of joy. At his right hand there's pleasures forevermore. We need to let the world see that we're believers without opening our mouth. D.L. Moody said something amazing. He said, preach the gospel and when necessary use your words. So true, man. It's so true. i make it a point when I leave my house not to look like I'm going into a WWF wrestling match with Brock Lesnar. i make sure I'm going out looking like I'm smiling, I'm full of joy, heaven's with me, God's backing me. I can tell by the smile on your face or the resting face that you got whether you believe heaven's with you or not. Amen? Well, it's Christmas, and, you know, I just, it's just a, I don't like this time. Let me tell you something, man. It's perspective. You have to, it's how you look at it. There was a day where I was single and looking for a Pringle. I didn't want to mingle. I just wanted a Pringle. I just wanted to eat. But then there was a day where I realized, you know what, man, there's people around me that love me and want to be with me and want to support me. I can tell you right now, as many ways as you can try to show me that you're alone, I can show you a thousand more of why heaven's with you. And you got a reason to put a smile on your face. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. You got a smile. You got a smile. Exodus 40. Turn with me over to Exodus 40. Exodus 40, verse 36. Says this, whenever the cloud was taken up from above the tabernacle, the children of Israel would go onward on all their journeys. Verse 37, but if the cloud was not taken up, then they did not journey till the day that it was taken up. For the cloud of the Lord was above the tabernacle by day, and fire was over it by night in the sight of all the house of Israel through all their congregation for all their journeys. One of the biggest Areas that I see Christians confused and in a a bind and in a burden. They have no idea where God is in their life. Am I supposed to move? Am I supposed to stay here? Is this my church? Is that my church? Am I supposed to marry that person? Am I supposed to be friends with this one? Let me tell you something, man. If the Old Testament, which is an inferior covenant and lesser glory than the one that we're in now, could have a cloud guide the people of God by day. And have a pillar of fire guide them by night. How much more for those of us that have the spirit of God living inside of us get direction and get guidance from the Lord. You don't have to be weighed down trying to figure out what your next move is, what the next thing you're supposed to do. Should I talk to this person? Should I not? You're thinking too hard, man. Take a breath. It's okay. It's okay. I know I'm talking to some of you this morning because I can see it. It's okay. Ain't it, Chris? It's okay. It, it's an easy burden. Say it's easy. It is easy. It is very easy. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven says this, I know the thoughts that I have for you, says the Lord. Thoughts of good and not evil, plans to give you a future and to give you a hope. There's something to be said. You know, when God thinks something about you, it kind of means a lot. I realize that if you put a status up on Facebook and don't get it liked within five seconds that you start to feel bad about yourself, but it's okay. God likes you. God hit a like button on you, okay? God hit a love button about a billion times over your status, okay? That's a good thing. That's a good thing. We're getting a couple smiles out of here. Look at this. You guys are starting to smile a little bit. I like it. Give me a smile. How are we doing? Yeah, there we go. Thank you, Lord. Revelation 22, verse 17 says... Let anyone who thirsts come. Whoever desires, let him take freely of the water of life. It's simple. It's simple. It's simple. It's simple. Thank you, Lord. Last one, we're going to start to wrap it up here. Psalms 37. Psalms 37. Psalms 37, we're going to look at verse 18 and 19. So, what's the first benefit of being in the will of the Lord? Security. What's the second benefit of being in the will of the Lord? We have a light burden. Here we go, Psalms 37. Verse 18 says this, The Lord knows the days of the upright, and their inheritance shall be forever. Thank you, Lord. Verse 19, They shall not be ashamed in the evil time, and in the days of famine, say in the days of famine, They shall be what? Satisfied. Does it say they're going to be subject to it like everybody else? Because there's really no identifiable difference between a believer and an unbeliever? No. Does it say, well, I think they're a Christian, but I'm not really sure. That's my favorite thing. Well, are they a believer? Well, I don't know. I think maybe. What do you mean, maybe? Excuse me, Apostle Paul. You know, I'm really not sure. Are you a believer? Because I can't tell. Man, if you're a believer, you can see it. You get around people, you can tell. You just, something about them just different. They smell different. They look different. They walk different. They talk different. Everything about them just has an air of greatness on them. Because they're born after the greatest one there ever was. I'm telling you right now, there's about three of you in this room that I'm talking to very specifically. These three things you needed to hear. Number three... The third benefit of being in the will of God is that you're in the timing of God. You're in the timing of God. How many of you have done some things, not wasn't the right time? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'll confess myself here. There, was, there were some things I tried to do, wasn't the right time. When I hit about 23, man, I wanted to get married. I wanted to have a girl. I wanted to have my wife. I wanted to have somebody I could travel with and minister with and just have somebody along my side. And just enjoy the journey. Well, man, if princesses can kiss some frogs, I don't know what it would be, what a guy would kiss, a worm, I don't know. But, man, I made some mistakes walking down that journey. Had some people try to tell me that I was their husband and all this kind of crazy. Let me tell you something right now. If you got a guy or a girl come up to you and say, Lord told me you're supposed to marry me, you need to run for your life uh Because, uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. That's somebody trying to do in the flesh what it ain't the timing of God for. I wish more teenagers were in this room because I could talk to you right now. Jesus, help me. I could save you all sorts of mess. You need to get with one of the grandmas in this church and have them handle your business because you're trying to do things outside of the timing of God, and it ain't the right time to do that kind of stuff. You just need to love on Jesus, let heaven fill you, deal with some of your stuff, and at the right time, your man or your woman will come knocking on the door. I'm telling you don't play that game, you'll save yourself so much heartache. My Lord Jesus, every service I walked into, I thought my wife might have been in that thing and w- <laughs> you start to you, you ain't worshipping. you're going, yes, Lord, you know how you doing? You, you're not doing. What are you doing? Please. You think I can't see that? Get out of here. Get out, you're trying to talk in tongues a little louder next to them so you can get their attention. What are you? I got a word from the Lord for you. I bet you got a word from somebody. It ain't come from the Holy Ghost, though. You're doing something different. Absolutely not. But let me tell you, man, when you are in the will of God, things happen in the right time just like that. There's nothing to it, man. When I find, let me just hit on that a little bit more because I feel you can Let me hit on that just a little bit. I realized, man, when I finally let go and I said, God, I'm not going to look for my wife. I'm not going to try to hunt her down like I'm some lion chasing a gazelle or I'm some shark in water smelling blood. I'm going to stop and serve you with everything that I have, everything that I am. I'm not going to look to the left or to the right. Can you say amen, somebody? I'm going to look straight on at what you have for me and I know that you will bring that person down my path because you are big enough to let me know when my girl, standing beside me can you say amen and I can tell you as sure as sunshine obviously you see I'm married now so apparently it worked out okay because now I'm married to an absolutely gorgeous woman because I chose to live my life in the will of God and when you do that man the timing of everything plays right there's a timing to have kids there's a timing to get married there's a, not in that order you need to get married first and then have your babies let me just clarify with you a little bit you need to get married and then have your kids, okay? Get to know your woman a little bit first. Can you say amen? But when the timing was right, there was such favor and there was such grace that came on my life. Thank God. Can you imagine? I'll get off of the married thing because some of you are starting to squirm. I'll go, I'll go over on this side because I feel like there's more married people over here so I can talk to these, this side a little bit. It's okay. Okay. I remember when I was six years old, my dad took me out and was going to have me shoot some guns with him. Love it. The problem is, I was six years old and he gave me a double barrel shotgun. Well, you can guess what happened. Thanks, Dad, if you're watching. Love you. Well, I picked that thing up, went to shoot, and boom, I blew right off of my feet. Now, I'm a guy, so it was fun to me, and I wanted to do it again, but then I think my dad realized what was happening and said no, and I had to wait till I was older. The point is, man, there's a timing in the will of the Lord. Some of us get so dissatisfied and so frustrated so quick because we want this now, we want this now, we want this now, we want God to do this. How come you didn't do that? How come I'm not married? How come I'm not single? How come I don't have a job? How come I do have a job? I mean, you go either way with it. How come I'm in ministry? How come I'm not in ministry? (laughs) And when it comes down to it, man, when you walk with God, it's not a stressful thing. I've met so many believers. They use John 5.19 in this really weird way. I only do what I see my father doing. I only say what I hear my father saying. Well, I didn't see the father brushing his teeth this morning, so I'm just going to go ahead and not do that. Well, you will go ahead and see what the Father's doing all by yourself over in your corner because ain't nobody want to be around that. That's not what it is, man. Doing what you see your Father do is a relationship. It's a romance. It's a connection. I don't, listen, if I called my wife and she said, who is this? Well, something is wrong if she don't recognize my voice. Especially more on the other side. If she calls me and I go, hello? Hey, babe. Oh, who's this? Guess who ain't coming to dinner that night? But when you have relationship, the will of the Lord is something that just happens fluidly. God doesn't live with a red light over you, constantly going nope, 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 not this. Don't do that. Please stop. No, no, no. This, is, this isn't rules and regulations. This is a relationship. When you love somebody, you don't want to do things that hurt them. Are you with me? Let me tell you, teenagers, you want to know what love is? Love is patient, love is kind, love doesn't envy, love isn't boastful. Love keeps no record of wrongs. Yes, His will makes you secure, yes, His will is light, it's not a burden, but this timing thing is a big deal. elections are landing in a couple days in Connecticut for us to go vote. I I encourage you to go vote. But I want to tell you, and I want to give you some assurance, that regardless of who steps foot into that Oval Office, we still have a Master King on the throne. And His timing is perfect. So regardless of who it is, see, part of me wants to tell you if it's one or the other, If it's one, the church will get lazy unless she realizes what the opportunity is. If it's the other, it's a tremendous opportunity for the church to rise up and be a voice again. Say timing. When my wife got pregnant for our first baby so impatient, I wanted her here right now, I wanted to meet my daughter I wanted to see her, I wanted to hold her I wanted to love on her and just give her absolutely everything watch Lauren dress her up pretty and all this stuff cause you gotta wait nine months man and it can be so frustrating You're in that spot. It's like you're waiting and you're waiting and you're getting some contractions and you're feeling that pressure and you can't sleep at night and it's just uncomfortable no matter what you do. But God's just telling you right now, just let the baby grow. Let the baby grow. Man, it could be a baby of a new job that you want to give birth to. It could be a baby of financial breakthrough that you want to give birth to. It could be your ministry that you're cultivating could be relationships that are around you, that you just, it doesn't seem like anybody that you talk to can connect with you, nobody seems to understand you, you just want a friend, you want somebody genuine in your life that can speak to you and tell you the truth, I'm telling you, you need to just let God build in you what he needs to do right now, and don't worry about the timing of anything, it'll happen when it's supposed to, if you rush the process of giving birth, things won't turn out right. but if you let God have his way, and you let him knit that child in that womb, let his hands form and fashion everything that he needs to do. It'll be absolutely beautiful at the right time. Are you with me? So I want to give an opportunity this morning. If you feel like, man, Chad, I just, I've never felt secure in my life. Even when I was a believer. I've always felt like I'm just carrying too heavy of a burden. Life is too difficult. It's too hard. I don't understand. I'm confused. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Everything I do seems to go wrong. I seem to step outside of God's timing every time I leap. If that's you this morning, I'm going to open up these altars, and I want you to come up here and do some business with God. See, this is a humility thing. After the first person comes up, then all of a sudden the altar is going to get full. But some of you, if you were honest, could really say there's been a burden that you walked in this door with, you've been struggling with for years, and you've struggled to let go. So if that's you this morning, I want you to come up here and just do some business with God. Don't care about anybody else. This is about you and heaven right now. This is about your relationship with Lord. These are the brave ones. in this world that they would leave out different than the way that they came in that if they came in as the tail they would walk out as the head that if they came in below they would walk out above all. that the entanglement of this world would be released from their lives right now God that freedom would operate in their lives in each and every single way Friends, before you go, I just want you to lift your hands to heaven. Let's just worship Him for a moment. And if you do have to go, God bless you. We do release you. Please thank the kids, workers. We love you. We'll see you guys here next week.